Many moons ago, I was lying in exactly the same position. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> Only I had a huge fat stomach and big fat ankles, and I was swearing like a sailor. On leave. <gasps> On leave, right. And there I was. In labor. And while some have called it the most meaningful experience of your life, to me, it was something more akin to doing the splits on a crate of dynamite. I wonder if the Waltons ever did this. Hello, this is Mark, and I wanted to introduce myself and let you know how to reach out to me if you have an interest in coming onto the show. About four years ago, I created the Walnut Grovecast podcast to discuss my love of Little House on the Prairie. Since then, I've had the opportunity to speak with many people involved in the production, and when someone asked me if I would consider creating a podcast about the Waltons, I thought it was a great idea. So here we are. When I was little, my family watched the Waltons, and I don't really remember it. I remember watching it, but I don't remember specifics. Only recently have I decided to do a complete rewatch. I hope you enjoyed the series, and if you have any questions or comments, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. My email is mark, M-A-R-K, at thewaltonspodcast.com. This is Mark, and you are listening to the Waltons podcast. I have on tonight uh, Susan King. How are you doing, Susan? I'm doing wonderful, enjoying the fresh mountain air. Uh, <laughs> fresh mountain. Air. The Blue Ridge Mountains. We're going back to Walton's Mountain. Tonight. When my family lived in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia during the Depression, <laughs> in a big house, in the house, in a big house <laughs> with me. With my six brothers and sisters, Mammy and Pappy. No, they don't call them Mammy and Pappy, but they should. You know what I always loved was John Boy always calling his daddy, Daddy, even when he was an adult. I just, I know some people might think that's nauseating, but I, I just find it very It endearing. is nauseating, but not for somebody who's from the South. I think it's more about the um, culture. Of that yeah. area. And it's not so much about the culture of, like, in New York, if somebody's calling somebody daddy or mommy and they're, like, you know, over 25, they should get a <laughs> little punch right in their face. Do you go to? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, <laughs> exactly. Right. It's like. Speaking of New York, you know, it's very interesting. I didn't mention it um, on the first episode, of course, because I'm not going to dump out all my crazy head knowledge in one episode. But Head it really, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Head knowledge. But it, but it really speaks to Richard Thomas's acting talent because speaking of New York, you're too much of a fan of this guy. Richard Thomas <laughs> was raised in New York City. Both of his parents were ballet dancers, and I believe they had their own ballet company there in New York. Mm. So this gentleman. Oh yeah, this is a big jump. Yeah, so for him to be so convincingly country and and naive and a little shy, and uh, he's not that in this episode. He's grown up a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, he's a New York City kid born and bred. So I think it just speaks 
to um, what a talented actor he is. I think he's a great actor. Um, what's so interesting about his acting is he really does know how to, like, I guess, pour up that Southern charm, which I think is nice. He reminds me so much, I'm not really sure why, but of Malcolm McDowell from Clockwork Orange. Really? A Clockwork Orange. And I can <laughs> almost see him playing the character Alex from A Clockwork Orange. Yeah. I'm still hearing myself just a little bit um, in your headset. Oh. Just a little bit. So maybe just if you could just reposition. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um, I'll reposition myself. The episode we're talking about today is something that was very close to my heart because I, I think I said from the very beginning, I really want to get a car, that the kind of car that they use on the Waltons. I, I would like to get the kind of the dad has, which is a Ford, I believe, double A um, pickup, like a Ford model double A. And, the, you know, I found a few places where you can find them in really great condition for somewhat affordable prices. Really? And, yeah, pretty good stuff. So I'm looking into it more and more and more. Now, this episode is entitled The Car, and this came out on March 14th, 1974, um, and it was a Thursday. <laughs> Do you know, I'm going to, I have to just play it, the number one song that week on the Billboard charts. Do you have any 19, idea? Do you want to just throw? 1974 is probably an Elton John song. No, it's not a big name. It's a name I know because I know music, but a one hit wonder. Uh, you know, I can't name another, but that's <laughs> only because I'm not that Leo, familiar. Something by Leo Sayer. Oh, that's a good, <laughs> you know, I'd say Leo Sayer is a pretty good guess. Um, Seasons in the Sun by Terry Jacks, which oh, is my stars. So this is what people are listening to on their 45s. Goodbye to you, my trusted friend. This is a good song, by the way. We've known each other since we were nine or ten. Back when the Billboard Billboard charts or whatever that they would chart yes. them on actually had pretty good songs. Not now. Now it's all yeah, questionable. They did. This this one was never one of my favorites, like Alone Again, naturally. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm wanting to say I was in <clears throat> junior high school, maybe sixth grade. Right. Well, other songs that week you might have liked. I'm not going to play these, but Eddie Kendrick's Boogie Down, Shares yeah, Shares Dark Lady, um, Sunshine yes. on My Shoulders by John Denver. Ah, uh, love it. The Haircut, and uh, Streisand's The Way We Were. Wow. Yeah, for some reason, well, I know the reason, but John Denver's music sometimes reminded me of the Waltons. I mean, that's really a ridiculous statement when you know that he's singing about Colorado. Wait, who's? But oh, John Denver. John, John Denver. <clears throat> and uh, I remember when I was I was in junior high school because I went on an East Coast tour. I went all the way up the East Coast to New York, and that was a really popular song then. But every time I heard Rocky Mountain High and Hello, <laughs> he Rocky says Mountain in high. Colorado. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't say in Shiloh, Virginia. But it just always made me think of the Waltons. John Boy. John that Boy. That was one of my crush meditation songs, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and his name was John, yeah. So it was very, very helpful. Bless his heart. Died too soon. 
Yeah. Very well, talented man. They all die too soon, I think. Yeah. Some, um, some don't die at all, ever. You got people out there, God bless them, like Mick Jagger. And um, <laughs> <laughs> who else is still alive? Um, Ozzy Osbourne. These people are like 106. That's the most amazing phenomenon to me. Uh, actors like, um, oh gosh, what was this? Cher. Cher's uh, I can't think of it, but it's like people that you think are already dead, and then it turns out that they're not. Yeah. Abe Vigoda. That's. Oh, yeah. Abe Vigoda was like the big, that was like the early internet thing where I was like, hey, did you hear about Abe Vigoda? Who's he? He played Fish on Barney Miller. Oh. Right. Then you tell but, all I your mean, friends. Certain and, actors that I've always thought that you know that I just think they're already dead, and then it's like, oh, you're kidding. Which <laughs> is, you know what's kind of amazing. So to the credit of the Waltons and to the credit of Little House on the Prairie, a lot of these people are still alive, and the show started fifty years ago. Yes, that's crazy. Yeah, it's, he well, crazy. Of course, the, ki- the kids on the Walton were Waltons were so young that. You know, yeah, it makes me so sad that we lost Ralph and Ellen and Will, but I'm yeah, grateful but, that Michael's still around. Yeah, Michael Learned is still around. Um, and all the kids. Uh, and Earl Hamner, you know, we did just lose him just a few years ago, but he did live to be 96 years old, after all. Yeah. If he just held on for a little bit longer, he could have made it to this podcast. Well, that would have been something. <laughs> Plus Maybe we'll get such some a gifted writer. Well, I can always just do his voice, you know, over here in the blue ridges of Virginia. I don't in know. My parents' house. In the house. <laughs> in the barn. My father and grandfather. What? And I, I remember one of the Twilight Zone episodes that he wrote, and it was one of my favorites. Not really because of the storyline, although it was very interesting, but because Mary Badham was in it. And Mary Badham was the little girl that was plucked out of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Obscurity. Mm -hmm. uh, And was cast and nominated for an Oscar for the role of Jean Louise Finch in To Kill a Mockingbird with Gregory Peck. And so Earl Hamner wrote an episode called The Bewitching Pool of these two kids that lived in a a miserable, you know, a well-to-do, miserable existence because their parents were so combative and they could jump into the pool and go into this other world. It was, it's an interesting episode. Hmm. Um, Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen that one, but I really, I actually bought the book of his scripts, so I kind of want to... Find some time and flip through that. seems very interesting. I didn't know that existed. That's interesting. Now, one of the things that I think is so strange is, I don't know if you ever go and read reviews given by listeners, or or not listeners, I'm sorry, of um, people who enjoy a movie or a TV show. So the car, the car is rated on IMDb by as um, an 8.2 out of 10, which is pretty good, I'd say. And... Mm -hmm. I was reading through some of the reviews and what people refer to as goofs, and I came across one that it reminded me, and this is no offense to the people who are listening, but it reminded me of the way I feel when I go into a Walton's Facebook group, where it's kind of like, um, well, I, I try to make a post to share this podcast, and what happens is it never gets posted because the people who run these groups are 
there's something wrong with them, I think. And um, I hope I, I kind of hope that does get back to him because they're they're they don't approve like the simple want of mine, which is to share this podcast, which is you know a, a non-commercial podcast. Not asking which you to buy anything, the love so of there's the no commercials, but but whatever. So that's their choice. We have our own group. If you go to the Waltons podcast, you can join our little group and. Just like um, Wanna Grovecast, Wanna Grovecast started out as one of the tiny little groups. I think it were 300 members for the first year. And now now we have over f- like 4,000 or something. But really? Which still is not as big as these numbers of like 35,000 people. But I think that the conversation that we have in Wanna Grovecast in the group is far better than the ones with the 35,000 people, in my right. opinion. And I already feel as though that the groups, groups are a weird thing. I'd rather have a hundred people who actually talk to each other and discuss things <laughs> normally than to have 400,000 people who are just there as numbers. So, yes. so um, if you are in the group, I really appreciate that. And um, I think you're in a good place and we're going to bring more stuff to that whole thing. But this little comment that somebody wrote, it just reminded me of the way I feel when I'm in one of these groups. Now, also, the, not all Walton's Facebook groups are this way. Some are run by some really, really wonderful people. I wish I had their names in front of me. That way I could say, like, I'm not talking about this one or this one. So there's two of them <laughs> which are run by people who I reached out to one-on-one, and they could not be nicer. They approved my post. They were so sweet and nice. Um, it's the other, like, bunch, a big handful of people who are just like, no, literally telling me no. But that's okay. That's all right. So according to maybe one of the admins of one of those groups, um, there's a character error. And he wrote, Elizabeth asks John Boy if chickens can talk. It's wildly inconsistent that a seven-year-old girl raised in rural Virginia, surrounded by farm animals, wouldn't know that animals cannot talk. (laughs) So that's inconsistent. She's not really asking him if he can talk. Just so people know that she, she's not really asking John Boy if animals can talk. Do you think she is? Right. <laughs> Am I wrong? Yeah, well, no. But even you know, even that. I mean, they're I. I don't like that's think, a character. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, because it's still a child. I I don't care if they're raised on the farm or not. If uh, I mean, she might know. Yeah, they're not even taking into consideration the imagination of the mind. Of a child, and just because a child is raised around, and actually, that's it's interesting because in the movie The Homecoming, as Earl Hamner Jr. wrote it, the children all loved for John Boy to tell them the story about since the animals were the first things on earth to see Jesus in the stable, that on Christmas at midnight. It's a legend that all the animals in the barns all over the world get down on their knees and praise God. And and ha- part of a big part of that movie is the kids wanting to go to the barn at midnight and see if that's really true. And so I think they're laying yeah. 20, 2022 mentality over the innocence of back, it's it's almost impossible. I, I think guess, you're giving too or, much credit to this idiot who wrote this. Um, I think that this person legitimately thinks that people in rural Virginia 
would not ask this question. And they're not looking at it as a seven-year-old looking for attention, which is all it was. Right. Um, yeah. And also, I don't, not, not all animals have knees. <laughs> so. True. <laughs> true. And I didn't know I, that animals even had a, a belief um, or a faith, <laughs> for that matter. <laughs> well, of course they don't. It's a fable. <laughs> But no, I'm I know. Saying, I'm just saying. You know, yeah. In the original movie, it's a big topic of conversation. Is this really true? And we want to sneak out to the barn to see if it's really true. And mm-hmm. what I was going to say is I just think it's impossible for people that might have been born in the 80s, 90s, whatever, mm-hmm. to think about the innocence. I can still, even though I grew up in the 60s, I can still remember my innocence, even in the 60s with the Vietnam War, and I wasn't exposed to any of oh, that. Oh, sure. There wasn't, I mean, you know, no. there wasn't even know war is. channels. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just mm-hmm. heard little bits and pieces. So people that are born in modern times with internet and cell phones and all that, they can't even begin to comprehend that there was a time when children could have been and were in a lot of cases that innocent. I think Elizabeth is looking for attention. <laughs> well, and she, and, and you may very well, you may very well be right, but I'm just saying it's, I don't know how people enjoy the show. If they're like layering a two, 2022. Right. It's too much. Mentality like, effort. Like why are you watching it? You know, if like, yeah. if that's really what, like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go on the IMTV and say, you know, there's no way, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Um, we also, um, so I'm still watching the show, you know, of course, like the, the show. And I've gotten up to my first character who I can't stand. Uh-oh. And it's Cora Beth. I hate this woman. Oh. I hate this woman. <laughs> I don't like her. I don't, I don't, I mean, for, I really wish she was more of a Harriet than this like evil person. Yeah, she her character really evolves. She's you know, very she new, so I don't. Yeah, she is a Walton too. Surprisingly, I forgot she was a Walton. And then I'm watching an episode today, and you have Ike going, "Well, I'm not going to have people talking about Kin." I'm like, "Kin? Who the hell? What? Who? Who is she related to?" And then I'm like, "Oh yeah, she's one of yes, them." It's just interesting to me. Or like the um, Mountain Family. I, I didn't really like the Mountain Family too much. It's just interesting to me how her character evolved because the very first episode, you know, when I cast her to marry him and all that, yeah. you know, she, she wore no makeup. She wasn't haughty. And the longer her character went on, um, the haughtier and more proper she became. So it was interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm interested to see where they take that character and hopefully it's off the cliff, <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> um, they so, take her to some pretty interesting places. I won't share. Let's play the intro to the car. Whoops, Every sorry. town or village, there used to be the hidden people, those who for one reason or another are shut away from life, or who for some strange reason shut themselves away from the world. My quest for a car in which to drive back and forth to college was eventually to lead me to two of those hidden people. 
car. Like, are you from Massachusetts too? Like, what is this? My quest for a car was to drive to Cape Cod, <laughs> get <laughs> through Boston, and get some Boston baked beans. And I, yeah, and I don't think I don't think that you and I talked about it verbally, but I think I did send you some messages about some people yeah, that yeah, they lived Elizabeth, in yeah. Virginia and said that there is a little sliver area where everybody talks like Earl Henry Jr. I don't know. I want to see where this is. I, I'm not saying it's not true. Do they You're also get in that car yeah. and track them down? You know, people that say house. I'm going to go there and they're like, yeah, well, you know what? You might have read some of my work. I write uh, character errors <laughs> about <laughs> Elizabeth. That's kind of what I'm known for. <laughs> I'm like, no way. <laughs> and it'll be my best friend for life forever. All right. So we are, um, apparently there's been a storm. And yes, everybody's, everybody's on the roof. They're cleaning up. Um, and there's a tree that even fell on their little white picket fence. Um, we learned that John Boy is looking for a new car. It's always exciting to get a new car, to get a car, to get your first car, right? What was your first yes. car? Got to know. My first car, it was a Ford. <clears throat> Ford. All right. I can't for the life of me. It was an older Ford. And I just remember it was, it was almost kind of shaped like a boat. Mm-hmm. And it was real wide. It was in mint condition. My daddy, my daddy bought it for me. For Torino? Hey, you know, I do not know. <laughs> I what know, it was. I know. It's, they have so many. I don't even know if a Torino is a Ford, actually. So. I don't know what it was. I just know that I loved it. It's yeah. like the front seat was just a, a bench that went all the way oh, across. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, the, and it was just so roomy. I mean, like I said, it was wide, like a little boat. And, Unfortunately, my former spouse totaled it. Oh, uh, yeah, and and totaled it in a horrible way because when you walked or walked up to it from the back, it was still mint condition. It was the front; the engine got pushed up into the dashboard, so it was just like, oh man. Mine was not as glorious. I bought a nineteen seventy, my first of thirteen, um, nineteen seventy three green VW Beetles. Uh, first of thirteen Beetles. Um, that I've, you um, are a beetle man. Yeah, and I still have one, of course. So um, I talked about that in the last episode. But we, um, we, I bought that, and um, I had no idea how to drive. I didn't put plates on it, and I'm driving around like Long Island, and <laughs> I kind of abandoned the car one day. Like I just didn't, you know. Oh, terrible I drove for car. years was, before I got my license. Oh yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Yeah, yeah. I, I was too old to be doing that though. At the time. Yes. But yes, you were. I'm yeah, waving my finger at you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but John Boy is looking for a new car. Fence all messed up. Dad's like, look, before you go talking about new cars, we got to work on a new fence. I never heard one talk. Oh, wait, here we go. This is the fact check. Uh, the character error. <laughs> fix up this fence and we'll go see about it. All right. So John Boy found a car and he's like, this is my dream car and I need to go buy it now. I never heard one talk, Elizabeth. I heard that old Rhode Island Redman talk when she's laying egg. What'd she say? Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. <laughs> she's just precious. Even if she's just saying that for attention, I don't care. She's precious. Yeah. 
Um, another person that's precious is grandpa. Who's like, you guys get out of here. We're going to, I'm going to take care of cleaning up everything. And John boy's like, grandpa says we can go. Let's go. And grandpa's like, um, Elizabeth, <laughs> you know, Ben, <laughs> you know, it's like telling them he's like delegating all of the work for them to do. Of course. Yeah. Ben, Jason, which I think is super cute. John boy is way, way, way too excited to be going car shopping. Wait, this is like. When you're, st- you know, when they say like, don't go shopping, food shopping when you're hungry, <laughs> right? Don't go yeah. car shopping when you need one. Just don't do yourself a yeah, favor. When, when he's, when he sat in that car, because I honestly hadn't seen this episode in a while. And of course I rewatched it before we were <laughs> going to have our discussion. And I was, I was like, wagging my finger at you. I'm like, you better watch it. <laughs> better watch it. I was just like, what a hunk of junk. <laughs> wait, I'm it looked a- like, like one of Jim Bob's rebuilts that he would work on forever. Wait, oh, I wait. Well, let's take a look at this. Uh, I think that car's pretty nice. Well, uh, what can I do for you, John? The boy's got his heart set on that old Ford of yours. He already got the truck. What do you need a car for, too? Bus schedule. Western's been changed. Oh, yeah, the boy was telling me about going down there to that college. It's up to crack of dawn, he can make it. Thing is, the last bus back leaves about noon. He's not out of classes yet. Well, now, why don't you give me your truck, John, and retire? <laughs> I might just do that, Buck. So, yeah, the car is... I don't even know how old this car is. It's probably 28 or something. It's not even that old. But it's a convertible. Yeah. You know, it's- yeah, $35, she's all yours. 35 well, that's a reasonable price. So 35 is about 800 bucks now. So, is that a reasonable price for that car? Yeah, I'd say it starts, starts and stops. Okay. 800 bucks. That much money will get you a whole year cut lumber. He's like, I don't want none of your lumber. I need the greenbacks. Yeah, everybody's money. everybody's broke. Um, Show so, me the money. So unfortunately, it's no deal. They say, John Boy, sorry, we just can't cut a deal. This jerk doesn't want lumber. Uh, John Boy yeah. is really just angry. He's like really upset about it. Um, they have to go to Ike's for some gas, and they're just kind of talking and talking. I always, I really like Ike. Um, so far, he's like the only character who I don't think is they have. Um, develop correctly and I hope that they actually develop him correctly and away from Korobeth. Like hope that I hope that he finds somebody. Um I really hope that he finds a great second wife. Oh well uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna say Sorry. The problem isn't finding a car, I could get someone willing to barter for it. Everybody seems to need cash. You know how to rudge? I know where he lives, but that's about all. What kind of name Hyder Rudge? Like it kept Tripping me up like Hyder Rudge. Yeah. I mean, right. sure, people have been named Hyde, but Hyder, it's a tough, it's a weird name. Yeah, Never gets off. I don't even know. Off his place, what does he need a car for? I don't know, but he's got one. He and his wife had one when they drove in here the first time. But what he doesn't have is a roof. Now, does Ike wear a piece? Did we talk about this? He wears a piece, right? I what? A piece, a rug, toupee. Oh, yeah. He must. Look at that I head of hair. I think so. I think so. <laughs> yeah. 
lofty loss of a storm last night. You know, I thought I was going to lose mine, too. I was up half the night with those rappers. Right, what about around. the car? I love it. I love how he just cuts him off. Like, all right, well, <laughs> back, to, back to the important uh, point. Oh, yeah, the car. Well, when I drove by the Rudge place this morning, I noticed that about half of his roof was laying out there in the yard. Well, I thought I'd go in and check on he and the missus, and, uh, well, he wouldn't let me in. But he told me through the door that uh, he couldn't fix it himself. And he asked me if I knew anybody who could. You know how much you'd be willing to pay for it? Well, I don't know. Not much. But uh, I figure he hasn't driven that car since he's been here, and he might just be willing to trade it uh, for something that he does need. Uh, wouldn't hurt to ask, John boy. So, yeah, so, I mean, personally, I think a roof for a car seems kind of unbalanced. Well, but it's not just the roof. He wants them to rehang all the shutters. And, yeah. Well, he, the, I mean, we learned that later, but John Boy is really showing up to replace the roof. It's really yeah. not a big roof either. We're talking like maybe 600 square feet, maybe 800. So I'm just right. I'm just being the, you know, the, uh, the analyzer here. It's like, huh, a car for that much? Well, John Boy certainly lets him know just what he thinks about it, that it's an unbalanced deal. I mean, yeah. it's like if you compare John Boy from season one talking about women are supposed to be the ones milking the cow yeah. <laughs> to, the way he, to the way he handles himself in this episode, it's like, oh, my, he's uh, inappropriately so. I mean, he's, I guess when I get, I'm assuming that the episode about the landlord guy that that tried to take advantage of him happened before this episode. So mm-hmm. he learned how to get savvy in business real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I remember that was a pretty sad episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hyder is actually just a lovely guy. He's just uh, full of charm and sweetness. Store. You said you were looking around for somebody to help fix up around here. I got no money to tell you that. Said you might be willing to make a trade. Might be. That's something about an old car you might be willing to trade for the work. He's wrong. All right, well, I'll see you later. That's, I mean, I hope to be this grumpy. Um, well, this is, I'm probably older than this guy at this point. I've been <laughs> noticing that. But uh, He's got that comb over going. Yeah, I don't have the comb over, thankfully. But <laughs> I got his, a good- hair just, his hair distracts me. It's just so dirty and stringy and... <laughs> Well, this I know that's terribly shallow and silly, but it just keeps distracting me. This guy's a great actor. I mean, he's a yes. we know this guy from um, everything. He was born right here on Long Island in uh, Long Beach, New York. Um, really? Yeah, um, on October thirtieth. So, oh. he, but he, um, what? I mean, I know him from so many things. He was a cop in like every movie and TV show. I remember him more most recently from um, Psych. Um, we just kind of watched through Psych, but he. Show, I'm looking at his, like uh, his resume, and it's just everything. The number twenty three, uh, Jag, Starship Troopers two. I mean, the guy did everything. The movie Sea Biscuit. Um, his face looks very familiar to me, but I couldn't specifically say. Oh, that's the guy from whatever. He's I, been in I, so I, I, many he just movies. Looks very familiar. Yeah, he's, uh, plays a cop a lot of times. Set a machinist tool. Might be willing to part with that. Well, thank you, but that won't help me out any. I got a game leg and uh, I can't manage myself. So maybe I can throw in the controller. I'm sorry, but a car is what I really need. 
Now that's, I mean, in all fairness, he's going to, he's offering up tools and a Victrola. I mean, right. that's a lot of, you know, that's a lot of stuff. But yeah, versus a car, I mean, it's still. You take it or leave it. Thank you. But I really can't afford to put in the time unless I'm working for a car. Good day to you. Boy. But. Why? I was willing to strike this bargain that you want. Uh, you'd have to do a powerful lot more than just fixing my roof. Well, I'll do whatever has to be done. Get to chill out here. Catch you worse than inside you don't get that roof repaired. Hey, it's Grace from Little House in the Prairie all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. The wonderful Bonnie Bartlett. Um, yes. We know from everything as well. Most recently, she was in Better Call Saul. But... She, you know, she's just another one of these people that just has a really long resume. But uh, he's just pretty controlling. Like, you're going to catch a trail out here. It's like, what? She looks heavier to me in this, though, than she did in Little House. Not that that matters. Yeah, Let's yeah. see her. I was d- uh. Down at Godsey's store the other day, I saw you in there. Uh-huh. You going to help out with the chores? I'd like to, if- What's Blue doing back there? He's like gnawing on the thing. <laughs> Get off there, Blue. Mr. Rudge, be willing to trade the car you have for the work I do. Go in the house, Martha. I got more to say to this boy here. But Hyder, you're not going to... Talk to you later. So he's kind of a, a little bit of a grump. Uh, yeah, just a little bit. Um, Now, when you make a deal with somebody and they... You're like, well, can I see the car? You know, like, all right, you're going to sell me the car. We're going to trade for the car. Can I see it? Um, hold on. I'm trying to get to the exact little moment here. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. Anyway, so, yeah, when <laughs> everything is going haywire, the magic of computers. So, This is where Can you I see the car? What for? Well, Mr. Rudge, I'll fix a roof for you. I'll do any other chores you want done. But I'd like to know what I'm working for. Well, when can you start? First thing in the morning, if you like. I'll show you the car then. <laughs> it's like, what a weirdo. Wow. So, yeah, he gets uh, this. He gets a crazy list of things to trade for. John is like... Uh, I'm going to do it. I need the car. <laughs> this guy's face. He's like, he was hoping to almost scare him away, I think. Oh. All right, so he finally gets to see the car. And I just think he's showing too much enthusiasm because it's clear this guy does not want to sell the car or trade the car. Right. But John is still a kid. He doesn't know any better. This is beautiful. It is beautiful, right? It's beautiful. It's a beautiful color. It's in really great condition, as is. Oh, she's got a rumble seat. She is really beautiful. Rumble seat is what's uh, called today a third row. (laughs) I love rumble seats. I'm with Grandma, baby. I want to ride in that rumble seat. There you go. Now you've seen it. 
How's the engine? Perfect running order. May I try her out? Just have to take my word for it. Just like I'm going to take your word, you can do my chores. Okay. okay. It's, like being, it's like buying it on eBay or something. You just have to trust me. When John Boy says, can I try it out? I'm just like, oh, dude, you are not paying attention. Yeah. And it is, it's a really beautiful car. It's a 1930s um, Ford. And, well, 19, either a 29 or a 30, which means it's really only like five years old. But they call it an old car, which I think is very strange. Right. Um, I know. I think that's weird, too, because they're in, I mean, we never really know what, I mean, I guess we know what the year is. There's certain episodes where they may mention. Yeah, he mentions the exact year. years sometimes, very often. Yeah, sometimes they do. I mean, I guess I'm more, I was more. Uh, cognizant of the year, like when they were going through the war stuff, and mm -hmm. of course, uh, 1941 no, with spoilers, Pearl Harbor spoilers. and all that. Sorry. Um, what what I find so interesting about the years, though, is this is supposed to be Earl Hamner's life, right? I mean, Earl, uh, right? Yeah, Earl Hamner's Junior's life, right? Mm -hmm. The thing is that Earl Hamner, I believe, was born in 1923 which would make him about 12 years old at this time in 1935. Yeah. I don't think the age was right. Um, I should wear a t-shirt. I read it in an article, right. <laughs> but it, I really, I but, really did. I've read so many articles. What I think is interesting about that, if it's supposed to be his life loosely based, um, I mean, you are talking about a five or six year difference. So with the war breaking out, it's just kind of, and with college and um, these type of things, just it, it doesn't line up correctly. So it's just, um, I don't know if that was ever brought up. I'm sure it has. Yeah, I don't know. So, um, all right. So let's see. We have John going home and he's going to eat some white mashed potatoes. On the, um, the father, well, not the father, so he is a father, but the, um, the owner of the car, um, Hayden, Hyder, Hyde. I'm going to call him Hyde. Hyde right. is waxing the car and he's having a little bit of a flashback, you know. But you ever notice the potatoes, the mashed potatoes that they eat? Are Child, always... those potatoes look so good. I just wanted to sit down right. at that table and go, give me that. See, I, I, all right, these are a little bit at least yellow, but very often it looks like they just have a bowl of mayonnaise or something. Well, you add a little garlic. Maybe, maybe you know, it is. Put a little roasted garlic in there for some color. I don't know. If you ever get Michael on the show, don't ask her about these table scenes. Oh. No? She absolutely hated them because they would go on all day. Well, she was in, that's where she is 90% of the time. So. Well, but not just that, but the scenes themselves. She said they would be at that table. She <laughs> said you'll very rarely see me actually eating anything because we would be with that same food at the table <laughs> for four or five hours just filming Funny. a couple of scenes oh she hated hated the kitchen table scenes yeah, the, the dinner table they, scenes and they got a lot of angles so that's interesting absolutely mm -hmm. beautiful it's not new or anything but it's amazing condition the way it's all waxed and polished you think i like my potatoes more clumpy also, that's not enough mashed potatoes for, like, how many people are at this table? Like, a dozen? <laughs> yeah. 
John yeah. Boy just took like a third of what was in that bowl. Right. And they always have these huge ass peas. He's he's doing the Luke thing from Little House. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a baby the way he takes care of it. He's a strange man. I mean, they're having meatloaf tonight. I mean, it looks good. They got, you know. Yeah, the meatloaf, the carrots, the peas. Why do you say that? Well, I've been down at Ike's when Rogers come in. He asks for his mail right off the bat. He looks things over and then leaves without saying so much as fare thee well. Very much like the Ingalls. Just yeah, like, they're talking. I was just going to say they're talking <laughs> smack about the neighborhood. It's the gossip the table. table. Yeah. I saw her once. She's a sweet looking woman. And I will say this that Liv has, never has anything, very rarely has anything bad to say about anybody. Like, she genuinely reminds me of the older generation of my family, where it's like, I don't like gossip. Don't talk. You know, like, they legitimately didn't like gossip. It's amazing. Right. Looks like a ghost now. I'm scared. <laughs> Said she looked like a ghost and say she is one. I'm still scared. <laughs> now I wonder if we should go on IMDb and put in a character error because Elizabeth <laughs> shouldn't be afraid of ghosts. <laughs> Seems to me if they were right thinking people, we'd see them in church. Uh, hold your horses, everybody. Rudges have problems. They must, the way they're acting, that's none of our business. That's absolutely right. I'm going to go down there and do my work, and when it's all done, I'm going to drive my car home. John Boy is sometimes an exact clone of his father's character, right? I mean, it's intentional. Well, and it's interesting that Grandma says that about, you know, oh. if they were the right kind of people, we'd see them in church or whatever. But what makes that fascinating mm -hmm. is I'm sure you've already caught on to it by now. John is the only member of the family that does not go to church. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. A, well, Grandpa he's a doesn't. spiritual man. Does Grandpa he's go to church? A, religious man but he does not like to go to church he does a few times during yeah you know the whole series but a regular every sunday guy in the pew that's no that's not john he right with um with jack tripper he went when jack tripper was um every, a sermon but just, yeah but just every once in a while he didn't go on a regular but he never did well he didn't have uh, if if and I, I do want to get deeper into that character in the future with particular episodes, but um, he was definitely more of a spiritual than religious man. He didn't have this belief yes. of the, of um, Jesus and the institution right. of church and having to go on Sunday and not stopping work on, on the Sabbath. You know, he didn't believe in this. Right. Well, and I think his character did a, the perfect, they wrote the perfect words for him um, in the episode, the Easter story, when the mm -hmm. character of John said, I really don't know anything about this personal God that your mama and your grandma pray to. But right. I do believe there is a higher power in our lives that, you know, is helping us along the way. And we've accepted the good. And now maybe we need to accept the bad. So, I mean, he just kind of get a great summary of, mm -hmm. you know, Livy, Livy and grandma are more almost evangelical in some of their beliefs. And John's just kind of like, yeah, I believe there's a higher well, yeah, power, but you, I don't, yeah. you know. Definitely uh, the majority of people in this church are God-fearing Christians who go to church. They feel as though this is what I do, and it's just the way I was raised. It's what I do. Right. 
And there's nothing wrong with that, of course. I mean, no. I know people today who who attend church um, religious, well, no pun intended, religiously <laughs> um, on Sunday. Or, or There is no other word. Or around here, you know, they attend shul and on Saturday. And it, it's just the way it is. Um, but yeah, so they're, they're eating. Can't you drive it home tomorrow, John Boy, just so we can see it? I can't even touch it until I put in a full day's work. Now, Grandma finally opens up her mouth in a moment. That reminds me, Mama, I got to get down there at dawn. Would you pack me up a lunch? Sure, ham and biscuits, and how about some vegetable soup in a jar? How about, yeah, like, how about right? you give me some of that, too? <laughs> me, too. I thought the same thing. It was like, dang, man, ham, you know it's going to be one of them smoked hams that Grandpa's had hanging up. Yeah, and the the fresh, biscuits. Fresh biscuits. Mm, mm. Sounds good. When I was your age and worked out among strangers, they'd feed me. Why, even over at S. They'd usually feed me something or other. You ate too much. I don't <laughs> you ate too much. <laughs> I don't think they're that kind of people, Grandpa. Ham and biscuits will be fine. We'll take your lunch to you, John Boy. Yeah, and see the car at the same time. We can all go. And have lunch with you. I really don't think they're the kind of people who like company. Company or no company. You think? Now, this is where Grandma does exactly what I would do, because she sees trouble coming. I think John would have... Pay him a visit and make sure everything's all right. Grandma, everything's all right. They're just not the kind of people we're used to. It's going to work out just fine. She's like, no, it isn't. It's not. <laughs> Gulp. <laughs> um, let's see. We're going to be talking. The Rudges are talking. This is where Grace comes in <laughs> with her lantern. Late. I'll be tired soon. I'll be alone. The Walton boy thinks you're going to let him have the car. That's what I told him. I know. But I don't believe you're going to be able to let it go. And they're not. You know, they're, the man be. has been out there all day long. Oh. He's had to bring in a lantern. Yeah. He's been out there for Hours. My question is, how dark is it in there without the lantern? Right. Jeez. Maybe she had to bring. He had, maybe she switched out the lantern because his had burned out. Bless his heart. But you know this. What this episode is all about. I'm yeah. Sorry, I'm going to go, Doctor Phil. It's about unhealed trauma. Because if this man had processed this grief over his son and tried to get his head screwed on straight, he wouldn't be so. Connected. I mean, yeah. well, it's we'll common get to it. we'll, when you have yeah. a family member that dies and you want to keep things that belong to them. But this guy's gone way <laughs> over. I, I think it's a little bit edge. different. I, I, I agree. With, I agree with where you're going with it. But my my assessment on what's going on in his head is a little different. But we'll, we'll get to it. Um, okay. So John is just working so hard. He's there and he's just chattering. Well. I just hope you'll be satisfied at this point that I'll be able to do the job. This is going on and on and on. This is kind of hilarious. Um, Marsha <laughs> comes out and she's like, wants to tell him something. And it's like, well, you can't repeat what I'm going to tell you. And he's like, well, I don't know if I can promise you that. I don't even know you, you weirdo. And <laughs> right. <laughs> So he comes that over. That seemed yeah. very un-John Boy. I mean, it was honest. Yeah. Well, that's John and Boy. And in that respect, it was John Boy-like because he was very honest. <laughs> but it, I guess it's better than just saying, oh, I won't tell. And then, you know, go run to your mom and daddy and spill it. Yeah. And John but Boy. He was being honest. 
John Boy needs a ladder. A ladder's in the garage with the car, and the guy won't even open it up so that John Boy can get the ladder. He has to go oh, get the ladder. Oh, Lord, yeah. That's when I thought, oh, this man just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's just it's really issues. crazy. Gets more flashbacks about his son. Um, and then John Boy hears the car running. So maybe that was even a, a little bit of a relief. Um, here we go. We're going to know. I felt sorry for him. This is a little bit of a long, sorry for the dad. This is a little bit of a long scene, but I'm going to play where the kids with the children talking about the car and what they want to do. I don't know what's going on down there. She started to talk to me and then he walked up and she stopped, but he did start the car up once. I tell you that engine sounds like it ought to be in a Duesenberg. Probably was. Maybe that's why he's acting so funny. Maybe the car's made up of stolen parts. Maybe there's a machine gun in the rumble seat left over from a bank robbery. (laughs) (laughs) Think you children will let me imaginations run away with you. John Boy, Aaron and I have been thinking, and we don't want your car to look like every other car, so we think we ought to have a family project. Designed to what? Designed to design you a new-looking car. We can paint it. Red like a fire truck, then everybody will think you're the fire chief. No, I think I think it ought to be something more uh, college you know, like painting slogans on it, 23 skidoo, razzmatazz, that kind of stuff. I don't think it's a very good idea for me to make my first appearance on campus too noticeable. <laughs> Maybe I'll let John Boy decide what he wants to do. Well, first I want to have it. And then I'd like to paint it a nice, dignified shade of tan, I think. You mean a vomit? I want to have a poll where we ask everyone, what do you think of the color that he paints it? (laughs) Yeah, and it's interesting to me because in this episode, of course, when he first gets the car and... He does paint it tan, but later it's pale yellow. I always thought it was yellow. Oh, well, it's not even the same car, actually. I mean, I took oh. a couple screenshots. The car that he brings home um, is a very, I don't, I think that there's four different cars total. I mean, there's probably more. I think the car that's in the garage is one car. I think the car that he goes and picks up when it's sitting in the forest is another car. Oh, and my. I think when they paint it, it's another car. Um, And in the future, I think I've noticed it started becoming kind of lemony. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. It's like a pale yellow color. That's why I was so shocked. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that that's the same car. Um, Let's see. Grandma's right again. You know, Grandma's the only one who has, even though I think she's a curmudgeon and a grump, she's the only one who's opening (laughs) up her mouth and is like, you know. I think one of us ought to go and visit the Rudges. Doesn't sound like they want anyone around. Well, I suppose so, but with John Boy working over there, well, I think we ought to know more about those people. They're not taking advantage of John Boy. Well, don't worry, Lev. He's going to be in all kinds of situations. We're not going to be around to help him. He's going to have to learn. Now, I do agree with him as well. So mm, Yes, you know, I, I absolutely do. But he's an 18-year-old dope, so maybe not, though. Mm. I, I mean, Libby's like, she's just, she's just being a mama. And yeah. we know, already know that she's a mama hen, but it's just like, you know, that's, I think that's what's wrong with so many kids today. It's like the people that gripe and complain about, I, I'm not sure what side of the fence I'm on about that. The kids that get the ribbons for just participating. I mean, there's some people that are just like, that's so wrong. Well, and then there's other people that like, oh, it makes everybody, you know, it evens everything up and makes everybody feel accepted and welcome. Right, so right. sometimes I sometimes I feel one way about it. And sometimes yeah. I feel another. I don't personally. I don't participate in anything where everybody gets to walk home with 
an award for something that's competitive. Now, if it's a non-competitive type of thing, fine. Everybody should get something. But Ramiel, who's a scout, um, and he only has two Eagle badges left to achieve his Eagle status um, at at the age of 14, I I know how hard he works on those things. And um, you don't just get these as... You know, rubber stamped, you know, like, all right, kid, you know, you're wearing the uniform, right? So you're going to get it. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, psychologically, I would think that's very important. What's What kind of pride do you take in something that, you know, someone handed to you just because you showed up and breathed? Mm-hmm. You know, he yeah. he knows that he worked very, very hard for everything he has. So I would, it makes common sense to me that it would mean a lot more to him than somebody just handing it to him because he, you know, put his scarf on right or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, <laughs> I want to call her Grace, but Marsha invites John Boy to dinner and they come in and John Boy is just like, I'm going to clean up and I'm going to eat up all your food. John Boy, why didn't you have your dinner with us? Oh, thank you, ma'am. Brought my own. Ham, biscuits, and a jelly jar of soup. I've been watching you through the window. Don't bust on my mama for making the same exact meal right? for me every day. <laughs> I know, I'm like, I want one of them biscuits and ham. That yeah. sounds good. Well, if you don't think Mr. Rudge would mind. Oh, I can't tell you what a pleasure it would give the both of us to hear the sound of a young person's voice sharing our meal. Yeah. Thank you. I believe I will. Let me wash up first. Oops, I'm trying to stop and I'll get to it when she's serving. But I, I really like her dress that she's wearing. I like the material. Now, she always wanted to see herself as a blonde, but she was too afraid. Now, there's a coffee pot that she's using. So this is another thing. A lot of people, I actually got a very nice email from someone. Um, I'm going to dig it up in a moment. But they were saying how they didn't notice it either. When John Boy is coming towards Charlotte Stewart holding the axe, you know, it was one of those things. <laughs> so this is another thing that I'm going, I'm going out on a limb and I'm going to say that no one else noticed this. <laughs> the pot that she's holding is the same pot. And when I say the same pot, I don't mean the same model. This is the same pot that the Waltons use in their kitchen um, it's the same one that I saw in just an episode um, yesterday or something like that where the grandparents move out of the house for a week or a day, rather. Um, oh, this wow. coffee pot is used in everybody's house. And I'll tell so you, I'm going to freeze frame as to why I took screenshots. Try that goop out on her own hair. <laughs> and I want to say that I, I'm going to go back just a little bit because he is telling a funny story. Um, where he's talking. I like this when he's referencing episodes that we know. He's not like talking about a story that we're unfamiliar with. Right. Try that goop out on her own hair. So she tried it out on Jim Bob and his hair turned an awful shade of pink you ever saw. So you see his scratches right here on the side of the pot? Oh, yeah. Those are the same exact scratches that are in the Walton's kitchen and in every other person's kitchen. My gosh, that's a prop that got passed around. Yeah. Mama made her memorize 10 by... And this, I took a screenshot of the bottom because in the one I watched tonight or it was yesterday, they show the bottom. So I'm going to compare the two. Wow. (laughs) It's kind of like why uh, for a period of time, I thought that they swapped out the, um, the mantle 
in Little House on the Prairie, but they did not. Because I kept yeah. an eye, I kept, I must have taken um, 150 screenshots and I compared the knots. <laughs> the man is obsessed. Well, I like to find inconsistencies. <laughs> versus that very night. Pointing out things that no one else has noticed, even though they've been watching it for five decades. I absolutely love that you're obsessed. (laughs) And you know what? I'm sorry, but if that's hot coffee coming right off the stove, the last thing you're going to do is put it on that tablecloth without a trivet. Yeah. Right? I mean, come on. I agree. Would you grow up on a farm? I'm I'm talking like a fool. I haven't let you say a word. (laughs) Now, he, the dad, I keep calling him the dad. But Hyde seemed like he was actually enjoying his story a little bit. Yes, he did. He just seemed like a different person. Yeah. I brought you up here to Walton's Mountain anyway. It's none of your business. And are those two salt shakers? No, right? One's pepper, probably. Probably. Ma'am, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to pry. I really didn't. I know you didn't, John Boy. There's one thing I'd like to know, though. How come you act so peculiar about that car? He'll have to tell you that. That car is a person. Should get sci-fi or something like that. Um, John Boy sneaks into the car, into the garage to sneak a peek. And um, Hyde freaks out. John Boy gets behind the wheel. I mean, come on. I mean, this is a nice car. <laughs> you know, you know what it's I mean, like. He think, just keeps pushing it. It's just like seriously. Dude. Think back for yourself right now, and everybody who's listening. Think about your first car, where you had that moment where you're alone with it, and you sit down and you're looking at, it, you're turning the dials and all this kind of stuff. It's a great moment, right? Mm-hmm. And his it gets is. squashed. Twenty. Get out of that seat. Get out! I'm sorry. That car don't belong to you. I was just sitting in it. I wasn't going to drive it out. I was supposed to be working, not sitting in something that ain't yours and acting like it was. Mr. Rudge, I'm sorry. I really... I'm... Go on, get out of here. Tend your business. So he's really upset, and... Oh, my. It's a violation. I mean, in, in this guy's eyes, anyway. Yeah. So he... John Boy runs home to cry to his parents. I'm just kidding. I would be crying. And he was right behind me, and wham! He just grabs me by the shoulder and just yanks me right out of the car. Boy, car or no car, I don't want you going up there again. That man sounds dangerous to me. Uh, he wasn't trying to hurt me. How'd you handle it, son? Well, he started accusing me of not doing my work properly, so I got back to it as quickly as I could. It sounds to me like he's just using you, like he never intends to give you that car at all. Mama, it's a chance I've got to take. No, you don't. We'll find another way to get a car. The man may be a lunatic for all we know. He's not a lunatic. He's just a crotchety old man. But I've struck a bargain with him, and he's going to live up to his end of it. Don't you reckon? Sounds right to me. What <laughs> if he doesn't live up to his end of it? Oh, I'll just have to take it up with Sheriff Bridges. So you're going to go right to the law. That's right. You're going to write him Sheriff out right up. away. Come on. <laughs> But, you know, that's, I, I think it's okay. Um, so I just want, in case she's listening, I want to say hello to Sandy. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to say her name right. I'm going to do my best. Uh, Shinavare, maybe, or Shinaver. Um, and she just sent a nice message basically saying that she enjoyed the first episode of the podcast. And I'm assuming she enjoyed you as well, Susan. 
Oh, how lovely. Uh, she said she's in, she's glad that I'm enjoying the show for the first time. And it's neat to hear my perspective on it. And um, and that I'm younger and I've never seen it before. But I'm not that young. I'm far from a spring chicken. But <laughs> we hope that Allendale, Michigan is doing well. <laughs> That's where she lives. But it really is interesting having your perspective. I mean, hello, it's your podcast. But um, I'm sure that the majority of people that are listening <clears throat> to this are you know, probably died in the wool uh, Walton fans. And so, you know, it's interesting to me, of course, I know you, you know, personally, we've yeah. been working together mm-hmm. on podcasts for what, four and a half years or whatever, sure. but, but it's still just very tender to me that you're just rediscovering this. I really discovering it, but I know, you know, you watched a little bit. But, you know, the Waltons was not on syndication when I was a kid. I don't know why it wasn't. If it was on, like, if this followed episodes of Little House on WPIX um, when I was a kid, I probably would have watched it. But they just didn't. Gotcha. I blame New York. They were like, we're not going to give the time for them country folk. Actually, that wouldn't be the (laughs) New York people. It would be like, New York's are the Yankees. Like, we don't want any of them. We don't want any of those southerners. Oh, my. Well, and I, you know, and I've, I've said similar things about Little House. Um, but I think, and I don't know if this is a bad thing to say or not, but it's my truth, so I can say it. The Waltons, to me, doesn't, maybe it's because I know more about the history of the real Ingalls family. The Waltons doesn't seem as... I can't think of a better word, but far-fetched. Right. The Waltons doesn't seem as far-fetched to me as um, Little House. I mean, there were a lot of little. Uh, there were a few Little House episodes that didn't end up all sunny and bright, and most of the Waltons episodes end up sunny and bright too. I don't know if it's the dynamic of the family. It just doesn't feel. It just feels more uh, foundationally. Foundationally, it just seems like more reality to me than, and I don't know if it's the time that it, the period that it takes place in. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Well, there's certainly more complexities to the stories and the layers of the different characters in the Waltons versus mm-hmm. Little House. But I, I think that although you have to compare the two, they're not. I don't see why they're so compared. Um, except for the yeah, fact that they were both popular television shows and they were period pieces for the time. So Right. Yeah, and I agree, and I don't know why that the because I completely agree with you. I don't know why they both rumble around in my head. And uh, another thing that I thought of after we had recorded the first episode when you were talking about I don't even know how many children there are in the real Hamner home. I think there's there seven. Were I think there were eight. Oh children. really? Oh, Ben is a composite oh. of two of Earl Hamner's brothers. They didn't have the budget. There was actually eight. They didn't have a budget for that eighth kid. <laughs> that was that was gummo. That was like the uh, the extra Marx brothers that never made it to the movies. There you go. Um, yeah, there was actually eight Hamner children. That's really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. So they, 
all the kids are kind of coming and checking in on um, John Boy. Can I ride in the Rumble seat? Can I be the first one? Can I t- you know do this, do that? I'm just gonna play the Mary Ellen one because it's my favorite one out of all of them. And um, <laughs> we get we get a classic eye roll from her, which I think is really. F- I'm gonna try to freeze frame on it. And we're waiting for the knock. Man. Hi, I'll have to ask mom and daddy first. Ask them what? If you can learn how to drive and use my car. You some kind of a witch or something? (laughs) A male witch is called a warlock. Yes, I am. Well, what do you think they'll say? I reckon mama wouldn't mind learning how to drive herself. Mama, she's too old. (laughs) She is not too old. (laughs) Mom is too old. (laughs) I just love it. I love how sassy this character is. It's like really refreshing. Just yeah, she young. really is. And, and when I was watching it, when I was re-watching it, I just happened to really, I don't know, I just kind of stopped and really looked at her. She is just, I mean, you could always tell even when she was young that she was going to grow up and be a very beautiful, very attractive woman. But there's something about her in this particular episode where I'm just kind of like, dang, she is just blossom. She just, yep. she doesn't have that same gawkiness she just just looks beautiful in this episode and her hair is um two-toned it's a little a little modern here but i mean it's uh like the coloring is a little bit modern but that's okay yeah i'm old enough to learn to drive well if they say you can then i'll teach you you're too young to understand is what i mean i don't understand right good night see <laughs> i didn't get it right <laughs> but it's like we get the classic eye roll then so he goes back to bed and he's like trying to oh no 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 come in come in come in come in this time it's Jim Bob and um, Elizabeth and they want to ride in a rumble seat and he's like kind of losing his patience he turns out his light oh gosh I'm asleep good night we get the sweet voice. I, I'll talk to you in the morning. Night, John boy. Grandma? <laughs> Grandma? No, no, no. Come in, come in. Grandma? You've never come to my <laughs> room ever. Wait. No, no, I'm wide awake. I didn't know it was you. Well, you know, I've always had a kind of a hankering to... Well, I, I was wondering if... Well, would you mind taking me for a ride in your new car? Oh, sure. In the rumble seat? <laughs> That's a date. Oh, that'll be just wonderful. <laughs> yes, it will. <laughs> Good night. Thank you, John. Oh, you're welcome. Good night. Good night. Watch out for the door. <laughs> so I thought that was cute. A hankering. He um, had a hankering to ride in that rumble seat. Yeah, that's where I was like, oh, grandma's all right. Um, Bless her heart. The next day, John Boy is working at the um, on the house. And the girls come by because they want to give her, give them a surprise. They want to measure the seats. Not much of a surprise anymore, but that's okay. And he goes on talking about um, the situation. Yeah. Well, listen, girls, I'm having a little bit of a problem here. Mr. Rudge is acting awful peculiar about the car. He's got it locked up in the garage, doesn't want me to look at it. I'll tell you the truth, I'm kind of afraid to ask him for the garage keys. But it's yours, isn't it? Oh, sort of, yeah. Sort of. You've been working for weeks to earn it. 
Well, yes, I have, and I'm going to own it. I'm going to finish today, but... Well, the material's all ready. We even dyed it dark green like you wanted. Yeah. It's all set to be cut out, but we need to know the size. Well, he's sick in bed today. Maybe if I ask Mrs. Rudd, she'd let me have the keys, okay? What's he eating in there? Oh, that's a soup. I'm gonna okay. go find out. <laughs> um, so yeah, he goes to get the keys. Come in. Excuse me, ma'am. You finished those shutters already? Yes, ma'am. Two of my sisters are here. Oh, I'd love to meet them. Well, they're right outside, but I've got a problem. See, the children want to surprise me. They they want to make seat covers for the car, but they've come out here to measure. Oh, I see. I'm kind of afraid to mention it to Mr. Rudge myself, but I don't want to disappoint the sisters. You know, they've made a whole project out of this, gone to a lot of trouble, so. And you want me to ask Hyda for the keys to the garage? If you wouldn't mind. No, I'll ask him. You have every right to do whatever you like with that car. Thank you. I'll be right back. So she goes to check it. The car is gone. <laughs> right. And but I'm wondering yeah. if John's if John Boy has been there working all day long. I bet maybe he snuck out. Yeah, Hyde's been Hyde's been gone since that morning. Must be. Okay. And he comes walking up. Mr. Rudge, what have you done with my car? It's not yours and it never will be. What a dick. <laughs> like it's like, what are you doing? Right. Like, that's crazy. Um, Marsha's like, I'm leaving you. This is not what I wanted. Um, sadly, Hyde, so done. Hyde thinks his son is coming back. You know, like, they're kind of going back and forth. It, the whole thing is sad. I guess they've never gotten confirmation um, of his death. You know, they never got a body. And I, I would imagine that this is the type of thing that would be very upsetting when you don't have that kind of closure. Oh, it's just heartbreaking. It really is. But, uh, yeah, she's like, I can't do this. You ripped off that kid. Our marriage is a sham. So she goes and she talks to Esther and Liv. Mrs. Rudge, are you sure you know what you're doing? It's something I should have done a long time ago. Where will you go? I've got a sister in Lynchburg. I feel so badly about all this. We'd known we never would have let John Boy get involved. First day I saw him, I felt like telling him to go on home. He was never going to get that car. Then I got to thinking, maybe because he was so full of life. So it's just weird. They're putting a lot of pressure <clears throat> on John Boy all of a sudden, in my opinion. I think a lot of yeah. unfair um, pressure. Um, so we learn the truth about what's going on. John Boy comes in and... He just sits down. You see, before we moved here, we had a son. He was an only child, and we made him our whole life. We worshipped that boy, adored him, loved him. Where is he? He's dead. Oh, I'm sorry. When he was only 20, he joined the Merchant Marines. He'd always been in love with the sea. Ran away once just to get there. He was like you in many respects, John Boy. Curious, 
beautiful ideas. So yeah, so they go on <laughs> about, and it, it right. is, it's, it's tragic and. Oh, it's just horrible. So she's like, can you go and talk to Hyde and convince him? Like, I'm going to tell you where the car is exactly. You go, you take it back to him and you confront him alone. Like the whole thing is very strange. John Cena should have at least followed him. Right. In my opinion, anyway. Well, but I thought it was nice that they, you know, I, I guess it was the writer's way. Just one example in one episode, um, because John Boy's got to grow up sometime. You know what I mean? I mean, it may have seemed too too fast, or maybe even for some people it seemed out of character that John wouldn't have interceded more, but... I thought it was a nice opportunity yeah. to show the character, you know, taking responsibility and trying to handle his own stuff. Yeah. Um, on the freeze frame I'm at now, you'll see that um, this particular car, although the chrome is very nice, it has some damage on the fender. Um, there's some dings on the, f- on the front right fender and in the rear fender. This is far from a mint condition car that we'll see John drive in the future. And it's very far from the one that we saw earlier. Uh, even the rims are kind of ratty. This is not. I mean, yeah, I know the rims were ratty. Yeah. So. Um, it's a good thing you brought that car here. You'd be in a lot of trouble, Mr. Rudge. I know about your son. I'm sorry. What you pity? You caught, brought the car back, and now you can go. The name was Hyde, wasn't it? What do you care? Well, I care. Well, I'd like to know about him. The color of his eyes, the color of his hair, the books he read, the sports he liked. Blue. Like his mother's. Blue like seawater. His hair was color of corn silk. And he's a good runner. Fast on his feet. So, he, I mean, it's kind of a strange thing. He goes over to the car as he's talking and he's caressing the headlamp, <clears throat> the chroma, the headlamp. Um, Kind of smearing it up too, which I'm like, yeah. Right, yeah, I noticed he was smearing it up, and I thought it was very poignant. I thought they, I thought they had too many cuts to his hand. I mean, we get it, we get it. I, it was beautiful when he was still touching it, and then he finally let go. And of course, very symbolic of him being able to let go of the car. But they went back to his hands. Yeah, the longest fingers I've ever seen in my life. I was just like, wow. Yeah, it, it's a weird scene. Um, you, If you look in a reflection of the headlight, you see, like, the cameraman a little bit, which is kind of a fun little departure from, <laughs> you know. The, I mean, it's, on, it's a reflect. It's chrome. I mean, what are you going to do? But right. we um, – this is kind of where I was saying, like, he replaced his son with this car. So the car yeah. represents – you know, the car really represents him – holding on to the fact that his son could be alive. Once he yeah. lets that car go, the hope of uh, his son walking in ever is gone. So 
it's it's tragic. It's it's very very sad. It is. I still think what he did is unforgivable. But he did. He he agreed to give up the car and return uh, and to give it to its new owner. He John Boy is like, hop in, I'll drive. You know? <laughs> Even this, you look at it; it's just not the same. I also don't remember there being a spare. Um, later. I don't know that we. Well, I don't know. Is, we, I, I only this, saw the front of the car in the barn, so. No, I mean later on. Um, yeah. Like when yeah, he's yeah. driving, he he doesn't. I mean, it's. He, I guess he could have removed the spare, or used it, but I don't remember him even using a spare. So they return to the house. I need your home. It hasn't been a home, Hyder. Now, Marsha is rightly so annoyed, right? She's like, look, just because you're willing to, like, do this one gesture doesn't mean anything. You have to, like, grow up a little bit. Not right. grow up. I was saying grow up is mean. It's about the death of their child. But it's like, for one, you know, how long, I mean, how long ago was this, you think? I mean, was it? did it just happen, you think? No, I always got the impression, and now I'm sitting here wondering if they ever said how long it had been. Because, um, I mean, they have only been here for, what, like four or five years, right? I think. Right. Yeah, I don't think it had been so it had to have happened know, long, long ago. It hadn't been like fifteen years or anything like that. But yeah, it's just weird. The whole thing is sad. I don't know. It struck me as kind of shocking that she said that. It's like John Boy's with him. They obviously came in the car together. Yeah, and it's human for her still to be attitudinal about it, and maybe rightly so. But I, I don't know. I guess since. But her issue, came in together. her issues are not so much the car. It's it's really that you know he's been so preoccupied that you know she's well, yeah, like the abandoned up on life. Yeah. They're just existing. Mm-hmm. They're just looking at each other. Well, maybe now it can be one. And the big tragedy here is they paint the car beige. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Now, is the color they chose for the car? The, the way you painted back then was um, I don't think you used a sprayer. I think you used a roller. I'm not really sure how they painted cars back then. I don't know, but that's it's shining like it's got a layer of wax on it. It looks yeah. like it's been through, you know. I mean, it's a nice paint better job. Better get Mako. It's a nice paint job. Children, would you mind letting Grandma have the first ride in the rumble seat? But you promised. I know I promised, but I promised her, too. Would it be okay if you went second? Hmm? Well, I know we can all sit in the rumble seat. Elizabeth don't mind sitting on my lap. Sure. Okay, let's go. Here. Don't step on me. Don't sit on me either. Take it easy. Oh, I'll be a girl again. What? 
Judges remained hidden people to a certain extent, rarely involving themselves in our lives or that of the community. Perhaps they just didn't need us, that without the false dream, they were finally able to find contentment in their lives together. So that was a nice little ending. And then we have, of course, um, the iconic shot of the big house, I guess, the, the yes. Walton's house. I'm getting to be a pretty good driver. You're supposed to watch the road, not look around to see if G.W. Haynes is watching you. He sure did look surprised when I drove by. Can't blame him. You headed straight for him. Can I drive it again tomorrow, alone? You can't drive it alone till after I graduate. But that's four years from now. I know. Good night, Mary Ellen. That's not fair. I know. Good night, Mary Ellen. Good night, Mama. Good night, Daddy. Good night, Mary Ellen. Oh, good night. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, and that's it. That we... spicy relationship between the two of them. Well, it's like they're, what are they, two years apart or something? Three years apart? I think, yeah, I think so. So I think it's, I think it's a nice relationship, but um, yeah. I, well, I thought it this is, and a that's what makes it so realistic. They're not goody-goody toward each other. They get into fight. I mean, they fight worse in the Homecoming movie than they do in the TV series. Mm. I mean, they're just like real brothers and sisters. They're not all, you know, oh, here, dear, may I get you this? And right. I took care of that. I mean, they're scrappy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, scrappy is a good term for it. Good word for it. But uh, Susan, thank you so much for doing this episode. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. And enjoyed it very much. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed this episode a lot, and I am looking for a car like this. So I'm really I am looking for. I but I I don't want to mint one. I want to finish it. You know, I want to work on it. All the fun That's stuff, cool. like pulling the engine. <laughs> That's going to be amazing. You're going to have to put put pictures up. On the Walton podcast page when you get it all. Yeah. Well, show us pictures as you're going through the stages. That would be cool. My pledge is to not paint it that beige color, though. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine Elizabeth with a paintbrush trying to paint that? Yes, yes, I can. <laughs> There's big paint all over the tire. Jim Bob would be tasting the paint. <laughs> so maybe that's why he's so weird, all that lead paint. <laughs> 